Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. after the tone, after the tone, leave your Oh, hello, it's me. Now, listen, you know how this works. You know what it's called. You should know who I am, at least. And hopefully, you should have some sort of sense of idea of who you are. And if none of these things make sense to you, I'm I'm not sure this podcast is going to help. Now, before we get going, there's a thing that's happened. And however you're feeling or thinking about it, it is safe to say, particularly to our listeners in the UK, we're thinking and feeling about it because something's changed. And as ever, this place, the pub, the gaff, well, it's it's largely steered by your direction. It might come up, it might not, and that's for you to decide. But if it does, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. How does that sound? Anyway, on today's show, I'm back in Manchesterford, back in the gaff, back on the fancy microphone. The tan is fading, the Spanish has got worse, I kid you not. And I've got a brew, so trigger warning, some burps might follow. Debs is off this week because she needed a break from me, apparently. Mm, which technically I think is homophobia. I think that's fat phobia as well. It's a hate crime, whatever it is. She's in the old country trying to find a new shillelagh that fits. Don't ask, honestly, I don't. So I'm left with producer Tim, who's in the driving seat this week. Hola, Tim. See, that's the thing with these fucking bunch of cunts. They never respond to you. I'm here trying to have a conversation with them. They just sit in the corner looking and staring at me. Uh, listen, the Dark Knights are making their way back to this end of the planet. Typically, the oncoming weeks, like the autumn and winter seasons of ATT, are the most tricky. Because, well, I guess because with the darkness, it brings darkness for many of us. So, with that in mind, I've got a few conversation starters I'd like us to embrace. Listen out for the number to call a little bit later in the show. Uh, just before we get started, make sure you've hit that subscribe button, please. Etc. And um, giving us a little rating or review if your platform allows it, because that quick minute of your effort means the world to us. All right, open up the bag and whatever falls out, we'll deal with together. Hi, Scotty and everyone in the pub. Um, is Jess here? 
Uh, I have called a few times before, but I don't have a nickname, so now you just get in my name, because there we go. I probably should have put this as a DM slide, because people are going to come for me for this, but what is the appeal of this time of year and, like, autumn? People go nuts for it. Like, all my friends are, like, goths, so I get they're like, ooh, Halloween. But this weather is just not it. I'm sorry. Like, it's hot, but it's raining. It's windy, but you need your sunglasses on because it's still, like, blinding sunshine. It changes every 30 seconds. Like, I literally just want to go to the post box. And I put my shoe literally put my shoes on when it was sunny, went to go out the door, now it's pissing down with rain. What the fuck is that? I don't get it. Someone please explain. Okay, bye. Lovely Jess, lovely to have you back. And yes, let's start with the very pertinent oncoming seasonal change. I mean, it does mean a lot to us, doesn't it? It's I know people say, like, we talk about the weather, talk about the weather, talk about the weather, but it does sort of stir the Julie Waters, doesn't it? It gets the emotions changing. Um, and like I said the other week, you know, with it comes seasonal annual depression. And I'll tell you what, I'll repeat it again, if only it was seasonal. If only it was fucking seasonal, at least I'd be able to put it in a box. And like some terrible Christmas decorations, I'd be able to take it out for the dark months and then put them back again around about the 5th of January and everyone sort of has an argument about when you're allowed to put it back. Anyway, that's getting into a completely different subject, but you know me, I like a tangent. Now, I've got responses that are two, four, not two, four, and unt, et, e. I'm just trying to be multilingual, everyone, and against. Four. I do think it's lovely that the weather starts to soften because I tell you what, in the height of summer... You, we start percolating a self-vinaigretting smell, don't we? we? You can smell each other's undercarriages at the height of summer and you think, do you know what? I like it, but I don't like it that much. And it is nice to be able to, once we start to transition into the the months of wearing orange and brown and burgundy, once we start going into that, it is nice that we can start to have a bit of a personality. You know, you can start to layer you can start to wear your favourite sort of spenny jumper and people say, oh, where'd you get that from? And you say, oh, I've had it ages, actually. I just got it out of the cupboards. Do you know what I mean? You can start to do things like that and you can start to look like the person that you think you look like rather than just this sort of ball of sweaty mess that's constantly applying factor 50. Against, very against this cutie hooger, you know, hooger, as um, the children used to call it, comfy, cosy mode. People who say, oh my God, I can't wait to have a roast dinner. Sorry, when did we stop having roast dinners? Did I not get the memo that we were supposed to stop having roast dinners during this month? I think you're right though, because you can't actually dress for this weather effectively. You do have to prepare for all scenarios. (laughs) <laughs> you do because like you say one minute sort of like sunny outside i'm gauging i don't know if anyone else does this i gauge what to wear by what other people are wearing outside i do do that and i realize I, this is a big mistake here because none of these people are fat people that i see walking past my house do you know because fat people we've got different temperature gauges oh yeah absolutely different temperature gauge and i tell you what i just i would like there to be a service which was a bit like the weather but actually it was just like a fat person on live stream and you could go onto it and it would tell you like oh it's a bit too hot for two layers 
<laughs> anyway, Jess, I don't think you are going to get ripped for this. I think there will be other people, hopefully listening, who will agree with you. So don't you be worrying about this being a DM slide. Although the DMs are always open at After the Tone POD. Hey, Scotty. Pumpkin latte. Is that it? Is that it? You t- I'm going to pretend I'm not fucking triggered. Okay? Take your fucking pumpkin... I don't... I'm not even going to give this a fucking response. Oh, no, I'm livid. I have to. No, don't. Don't rise to it, Scotty. I have to. No, thank you. Hello, Scotty, producer Deb, Tim, Cat, and Maya. I did actually remember to say hello this time. Just wanted to call and say, not everything has to be Biscoff. I'm so tired of going somewhere and everyone's like, Biscoff. Biscoff only. I love Biscoff. Don't get me wrong, sorry, just climbed two flights of stairs. Bit out of breath. Not everything has to be Biscoff. I've just bought a brownie. Biscoff on the top. Both the elements I really enjoy. Sorry, I can't unlock my door. Shouldn't have done this. There we go. Um, both of these elements I love. Love a brownie. Love a biscoff. Both of them are quite claggy. You know, quite... Um, stick your tongue to the with your mouth. Oh, shit, I should have said it's Alina here. Uh, who called about hair loss a while back. Um, both really claggy. Why would you take a claggy thing, add another claggy thing... Without, like, I don't know, something to cut through the clagginess. It just sound like something sour or something to cut through. I just think Biscoff's great and all, but the straights have ruined it. It's in everything now, and I'm not a fan of it. That's all I have to say. Hope you're all doing well. Yeah, catch you all later. Love you lots. Bye. <laughs> Ah, Alina, thank you so much. Now, there's so much to unpack here, but my favourite line, which I think could be used for many things, the streets have ruined it. <laughs> the streets have ruined it. <laughs> so I feel like I want that as a tattoo. <laughs> now, Alina, it's lovely to have you back in the room, but listen, I've got some opinions like yourself and I'm not afraid to share them. Biscoff. Yes, I agree. It's ubiquitous. It's ubiquitous. It's ubiquitous. Look at me trying to do a bun on biscuits. Getting too excited and I can't actually say it. Now, avid listeners of my Instagram, that's got his fat, will know I am much more of a fan of the, yes, I am going to do a little brand. And then that, it's not an ad. It's not a spawn, spawn, con, spawn. Okay? It is genuine love for Aldi's own knockoff version that they do crunchy version of. Because I tell you what, it's half the price and it's just as delicious, if not more. Now, listen, I understand what you're saying here. It is ubiquitous. It has become this thing that, oh, if you want to look like you're being kooky, just say the words biscoffy you know it makes you sound like you're an interesting valid person when really we really know deep down you sit at home crocheting <laughs> i just realized i was like don't say that scotty because you will be insulting half the listenership of ATT. 
It's quite vegan presenting is the Biscoff, isn't it? You know, it's a way of somebody saying to you, I'm interesting, I'm valid, I'm political, and I'm edgy. But what I don't understand here, Alina, is for all of this upheaval, all of this bitching that you've come into the room with, you still have actually bought the brownie, haven't you? It would be a bit like if I said, I can't fucking stand a pumpkin latte. Whilst drinking a pumpkin latte. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I think we're getting mixed messages. Hi, Scotty. Hi, ATT crew. It's Paul calling from Bristol. Um, Long time listener, first time caller. I'm calling, I was just out for a run around the harbour in the dark. I was so moved that I wanted to stop and record a message for you. Um, Yeah, I was was loving your Spanish. I love listening to you and your voice, but... Scotty in Spanish, amazing. And um, I'm also totally here for the um, peanut butter chat. I mean, I'm kind of indifferent to the gravy like you. I enjoy thicker gravy rather than a wet, um, a sort of watery uh, liquid on the chips. But um, yeah, peanut butter on everything. Um, good with celery, good with banana, good in a sandwich. Uh, peanut butter on toast with Marmite together. That's a nice kind of satay style um experience peanut butter and marmalade on toast is also nice but i was um i'm I'm puzzled by um peanut butter in muesli just can you tell us how how that works because surely the lumpiness and the the clagginess and the the crunchiness how how does that work uh buenas paul um from oh god <laughs> buenas paul de bristol ltl ftc hola um nah listen hello yeah i know multilingual who would have thought it me neither really to be fair i mean it's quite it's quite limited but somebody else another caller sent me some dms and said actually you're doing quite well there so and they they are actually a legitimate spanish person so apparently my spanish accent's quite cute but you know hopefully it will get better and maybe i'll be able to full show in Spanish and everyone be like well we ain't got a clue what you're fucking saying <laughs> listen you come from Bristol that's not your fault but first time caller we absolutely love it welcome you get a badge it's in the post having a run as well around the harbour have a word it yourself <laughs> god that's that's quite pumpkin latte projection really isn't it anyway I'll stop going on about it because I, I I haven't got many many feelings about it now <clears throat> we all like it thick rather than wet <laughs> I was a bit there. I'm going to do like a recipe exchange with you now, Paul, because when you said peanut butter con marmite, I thought, okay, I can see those being in the same realm as each other. Peanut butter with marmalade. With marmalade. No, just bitter. (laughs) Just, just bitter. Just bitter. That, to me, is a, that's a very strange mouthfeel. Jelly and crunch. No, thank you. I mean, I've been called worse on the internet. My favourite peanut butter recipe I've found of late um, is a well-known brand. They've started doing peanut butter pretzels. If you find them, definitely give them a go. They're actually quite lovely. How does it work with muesli peanut butter? I hear you cry there within your call. Well, it's quite easy. Simply, you get your muesli before you douse it in oat milk. Because I'm that sort of person... Leche de avena in Espanol. When you put the leche de avena over the top, just before that moment, you put a nice little dollop 
of the muesli on top, okay? Then you wet both the peanut butter and muesli, okay? And it sort of gives the whole thing a bit of a looseness. Yeah, it's almost like the peanut butter is turning into a bit of a sauce. It's delicious. It's actually wonderful. I'll tell you what, before you all start scrutinising, why don't you fucking try it? Try it first before you start fucking having a go at me. I'm just getting like Paul. Lovely Paul here. Come into the room with lovely voice. Lo- manners as well, actually. Absolutely. You can hear that this person's got manners. Anyway, lovely to have you, Paul. I hope you come back again. Oh, I'm brewing a burp. Anyway, just before that, <laughs> time for some messages. But don't go anywhere because still to come, we've got some Spanish, some Vietnamese and some choking on Italian meat, apparently. <laughs> Oh, I love you a lot. Now, have you got a claim to fame? Have you rubbed shoulders with the rich and famous? Do you have a snotty hanky from a Hollywood star? Or did you once serve an 80s pop star, a full fat Coke? Perhaps you've got a celebrity lookalike. Who would play you in a biopic and why? Pick up the blower. I want tenuous celebrity gossip, please. The more scandalous or the more menial, the better. Um, Open up the WhatsApp. Send me a voice note to this number. Zero, seven, double, eight, two hundred, three, four, two, zero. Listen, whilst you're there, do me a favour. Save that number on your phone. Because once the moment takes you, once something happens in your life, once something unfolds, Once a story comes to mind, then I'm just only a few clicks away. This week over on Patreon, the call that we couldn't fit in is from Pablo Griff, our lovely Pablo Griff there in Canada, that place, who is performing a sketch that he has written especially for us. And big thanks to everyone over there for giving us their support to keep the place going. We really, really appreciate it. And I mean that. I really want to like place that so you can hear that 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 appreciation. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Hi, Scotty and everyone um, that makes the podcast happen. Um, first, congratulations on the two year anniversary. That's very exciting. I've been listening back to the old ones that are on Spotify and yeah, congrats. It's just fantastic, really. You can put up with us every single week, except for occasional breaks. I wanted to to talk about Maine. I've moved to England almost three years ago. Um, I'm Brazilian and my name in Portuguese is uh, Maria Carolina. And everyone at home calls me Carol, which is a name, a nickname that's very hard for people whose first language is English to pronounce. I had a, a brief time in which I lived in Australia, and I since since that time I present I introduce myself as Maria when I'm in an English-speaking country, just because it's easier. But in Australia it was temporary, so I just stayed there for six months, and I moved to England, so I'm here to stay. And I was just using Maria in the beginning. And when, I, when, when it dawned on me that that would be my name here, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Because in Brazil, Maria is the most common name. And it really doesn't mean anything. So usually you are Maria something. So I'm uh, Maria Carolina. And for instance, my sister is Maria Beatriz. And all my aunties and my grannies were Maria something as well. 
Um, and also it's a very old fashioned name, very, very feminine. So I think there's a gender question in there as well. It's like, do I want this like ultra feminine name? That means like a very ultra feminine femininity since biblical times. But I kind of just, I couldn't think of anything better. And I just can't go with Carol because it's just not my name. But I feel like more recently, I've been making, like, since I've been making friends and more recently even, like, dating and having people that I'm starting to love calling me Maria. I think it's been changing a bit of the perception that I have of the name and people saying, oh, yeah, you really, you really are a Maria. And here's not a common name anyway, so I tend to be the only Maria. So, yeah, I know a bit of unconclusive message here but I think hearing people talking about choosing a new name um, and you know the amount of work that you need to put into it but it's making me think that you know I can have that opportunity as well um, if I feel like Maria is not me. Just wanted to contribute to the conversation. Bye! Happy birthday to us indeed. Yes, thank you so much. Look at your manners. Absolute pristine manners. Everybody else has come before you. Did they mention once happy birthday? Well done for getting there for two years, did they? Fuck. Maria Carolina. I hope I'm doing that, the service that it deserves. Because I tell you what, this there's something that I think a lot of ATT listeners will understand here. Probably not just in linguistics, but in who we are as people. And any of us who exist outside of the very narrow margins of acceptability within sort of English cultures or English-speaking cultures, um, particularly within the UK, um, will, I think, be able to relate to this. This idea of adapting yourself for other people and I <clears throat> I hear where it comes from and I understand why it's there but I think the more that we can try and hold steady who we are and how we are without shape-shifting and changing ourselves for the ease of other people I think the better because I think like what we're perhaps what I'm hearing between the lines here Maria Carolina is we can lose parts of ourselves here. We can feel um, a bit ghosted towards our, our authentic self because we become something else. We become the versions of ourselves that we've made smaller or easier for other people. And I wonder what the legacy of that sort of stuff is. And I think definitely this summer that sort of stuff has come to a head for me, more in a sort of an emotional sense of years of kind of adapting myself to be acceptable, to be understandable, to be able to create work that can do things and um, create success narratives without looking at the damage that was actually happening to myself without looking sort of within myself for like what this, what I think people nowadays called shape shifting does to us. And so, yeah, I think I would, I'd love to give you a sort of a, a, a word of warning. Maybe sounds like I'm a too stronger uh, a term here, but as somebody who kind of like squashed their identity in lots of different ways and then sort of, packaged it and sold it essentially I would air caution to trying to reclaim and be the person and be known by 
what you want to be known by. Because like you say, people start to create an identity about you, don't they? Which perhaps doesn't feel completely authentic. Maria Carolina, I find this so wonderful. And I wonder what other people are thinking about this um, in, in lots of different ways. So if this has stirred you, please do pick up the phone and have a conversation with us. We'd love to have you. Hi, Scotty. This is a long-time listener, first-time caller, responding to the request for sentences that we've managed to learn in another language. Um, I've been trying to learn Spanish on Duolingo for an embarrassing amount of time. But the main thing that I can remember is Estas son mis lagrimas, which means these are my tears, um, which is kind of beautiful, but mostly useless. Um, Lots of love and happy birthday. Um, Bye. <laughs> Listen, long-term listener, first-time caller. Well, I, I love that. I love. I, I tell you what, I get so excited when people first step into the room. I need to calm myself down. Listen, tu español es muy bueno para aquí, pero because um, <laughs> I think that is a sentence that many listener <laughs> who listens to this will be able to relate to. <laughs> These are my tears. Of all the things that you could have learned. I also want to know, like, I haven't got to that bit in Spanish Duolingo where it gets a bit morbid. (laughs) Please keep calling with these morbid one-liners. Also, as well, if you've got any sort of, like, filthy chat, oh, I'd love that. Yes, please. Hi, Scotty and everyone in the pub. Fellow linguist here. Long-term listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to chime in on the whole ketchup discussion. You asked where the word came from. Well, I've heard that it came into English from Chinese, but it probably came from Vietnamese originally. They had a word, something like ketchup, which means fish brine, which is what it used to be made from, like that fish sauce stuff that's everywhere in Southeast Asian cuisine. If you don't like it, don't go to Cambodia in my experience, because I swear they'd put it in ice cream if they could. The British didn't quite get it, of course, like so many things. So they tried to replicate that umami taste using tomatoes instead. And so I think Heinz just ran with that one. Anyway, never mind whether you keep it in the fridge or the cupboard. The question is squeezy bottle or traditional glass? There's something to be said for the satisfaction of banging the bottle against your hand and potentially covering everyone around the table, including the dog, in ketchup when it finds its way out. Also, easier to recycle to, just saying. Anyway, that's all for me. Thanks. Bye. LTL FTC? My God, another one? We're really racking them up today. Listen, you said fellow linguist, and I thought, are you talking about me? <laughs> because I tell you what, that is a badge I am more than willing to have, but one that I potentially don't agree with you. Because you know what? I listen back to this podcast, and sometimes I think... How people listen to this and think this makes sense, because you can really tell, A, that I left school quite early, when I was 14, B, that I am as rough as I make out to be, <laughs> and C, I do get my tit over ass <laughs> all the time, don't I? Oh, I get phrase- phraseology, phraseology, I get, oh, genuinely, people come up to me and they say, when I meet you a lot in real life, they say to me, oh, you are funny, you know, when you, you get things wrong on purpose, and I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah, it's on purpose, yeah. <laughs> I do, honestly, but you know what? I will take linguists, so thank you very much. I'm just going to assume that you meant, you know, me, because, you know, it's all about me. I love this. Listen, the research that's gone into this, you're great. You could be like our in-house Lucy Worsley, who's my one of my favourite historians of all time. Although, I wouldn't say, was this much of a history lesson? It was sort of a history lesson. Anyway, I loved it. Can you tell I'm quite excited? Now... You make a very pertinent, pertinent, important, <clears throat> important, <clears throat> clearing my throat here because it's quite important. Make a very important stipulation here between when we're talking about the catch up, what version are we talking about? We're talking about squeezy bottle or glass. Now, the problem with squeezy bottle is you cannot see the devil. And when I'm talking about the devil, I mean that bit of like pussy water that sits on top of ketchup it uh, no, no matter how much you shake it no matter where you keep it in the fridge or in the cupboard that bit of, <coughs> like ketchup piss that just lurks around the corner because you can't see it can you and because they color the bottles in like ketchup color you can't see how much you got left as well do you know what i mean so i think i would uh 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 i think i'd uh to the side of so who's just put like Err into my vocabulary. I think I'd err onto the side of. I'd err. How do you even spell it? I'd. I think I'd err on the side of. Where has this sentence come from? I think I'd err on the side of glass. I've got a nice little little bit of information for you here. Now you know they say fifty-seven varieties. Everyone's like fifty-seven fucking varieties of what now? Little, um, what do they call it? They call it, um, is it called a housewife's tail? A little housewife's tail? Anyway, apparently, because getting it out of the glass is notoriously awkward, apparently, if you hold the bottle at a 57 degree angle, approximately, um, your sauce should run a three. Mm, yeah, there you go. You give to me, I give to you. Lovely. What a beautiful, long-winded chat about ketchup. Anyone got anybody else about HP sauce or daddy sauce or any of the other sort of sauces? I'd love to... You know what? I'd be okay with doing a whole episode on Salsa Maron. <laughs> I would. Absolutely would. So, get your sauce questions <laughs> into us now. Because, you know that Debbie, producer Debbie, she's always on about, oh, come on, we've got to do an After the Tone spin-off cookery show. And I'm like, get to fucking, I tell you what, I think there might be something in it. Hi, Scotty. Hi, crew. Hi, pub. It's Providenza reporting from the 110 heat in Los Angeles. I can't tell you the conversion. My brain's not working because we've been in a heat wave for the past week. Anyhow, uh, happy birthday, Scotty. Oh, my God. So happy you're here. Um, on to my memorable story. So when I was 12, or turning 12, um, it was my golden birthday. My birthday is June 12th. And, you know, really... You know, it was just in my parents' backyard, hot dogs, hamburgers on the grill, and uh, my grandma made like 52 tins of 72 different pastas, you know, because that's the kind of people we are. Probably like a, you know, a small party for Italians, probably about 75 people there, just because, and I did live in a little bit of, you know, had a little bit of a pool in my childhood home, so I was cruising around in my bathing suit, you know, chatting up with the people, enjoying my party, fabulous at every age, and I went to go grab a snack. 
which just so happened to be next to the cake that was a uh, was a sunflower, which my face was the center of. Yeah, they were able to print the pictures, you know, on the cakes. But anyways, grab a little snack, and it happened to be a plate of Italian cheeses and meats. Grabbed a hunk of salami and some mortadella, shoved it in my throat, and uh, very quickly started choking um, in the middle of my party. And just a bunch of old Italian people staring at me in horror as I'm about to drop dead. And then my Uncle Mike, my Zeal Mike, the Honestly, the family ding-dong is the only one who sprung into action. I'm not going to say he did the Heimlich to me, but he didn't manhandle the fuck out of me. And uh, luckily, I hacked up a giant ball of uh, charcuterie, essentially. And <laughs> and then I, I guess I, 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 <laughs> I just kind of accepted that moment, played it cool, and you know everybody was like, oh, you're alive. Lucky for you. And I'm like, yeah, lucky for me because none of you fuckheads did anything. And then, you know, I went on and jumped in the pool and, you know, contemplated if I should stay on this planet any longer because I had a near-death experience. But um, I will never forget choking on a fistful of Italian meats on my 12th birthday. <laughs> oh, don't. No, no. I will not rise to it. <laughs> I will not. Providenza calling live from Los Angeles. It is always so wonderful to have you. The golden birthday. Now, for those uninitiated, that is when the number date that you were born on is the number year that you've turned. So for me, I'm born on the 28th of September. Just putting that out there because my birthday's coming up soon. We're going to be having a birthday episode all about me. And so if you don't call up and do a turn, then I might not fucking come back for season nine. There's a threat for you. You're welcome. <clears throat> So on the twenty on my twenty eighth birthday, that uh, was my golden birthday. So Providanders, their twelfth birthday was their twelfth birthday. Now listen, it's uh, I, I know with all the trauma attached to this, I can't help but feel jealous because this was just mm, chef's kiss, beautiful diaspora pasta party. Do you know what I mean? And I was just like, I can see what the spread was like. I can see the platters of bits and bobs. I can see there being perhaps, you know, in that beautiful sort of diaspora way, embracing not only the culture from the motherland, but also there being a whole shitload of table of like, just like ketchup and mayonnaise and cheese, squeezy, cheesy, American-y sort of stuffs to go with that stuff that's on the grill and I'm so jealous of it because I tell you what I ought to have grown up in a better cuisine <laughs> there will be fucking calls about this there will be outrage people will be calling up saying oh my god what about spice bags etc because I tell you what nobody ever in the history of history has ever gone do you know what I tell you what let's go out tonight and let's let's eat Irish <laughs> No one's gone, mmm, we're doing a hot take, it's fusion food, it's um, Spanish-Irish. No one's ever, no one's ever, no one's ever gone, come to this new gorgeous restaurant, it's like contemporary Irish. Okay, yes, they have said that, because contemporary Irish is a thing, but I'll tell you what, if you ever go to a contemporary Irish restaurant, is it fuck? Just because they've got the fucking meat from down the road, I tell you what, every other bit of it's from somebody else's culture. I mean, I can say this, I can fucking say this, because I like a spud better than nobody. I'd love a spud better than the next queer, but I tell you what, between barn brack, soda bread and stew, I mean, there's there's not much else. <laughs> so I'm quite jealous, because do you know what? If I went, if I shuffled off this mortal coil, choking on a bit of fucking Irish stew, a bit of like boiled cabbage and bacon, I'll tell you what, I'd think, do you know what, you deserve it. <laughs> 
Now, listen, Irish folk and those of us with plastic synthetic Irishness attached to us, I know you are going to be up in arms good. And if you are, you know what to do. The number is in the description box. (laughs) Providenza, thank you so much. Always gorgeous to have you. And that's it. Listen, that was your lot. We thought we'd do a bit of a shorter, sharper show this week because, well, why the fuck not? Uh, remember, you can get more of this sort of thing on the socials at After the Tone POD. If you fancy joining us on Twitter or Instagram, our DMs are always open to those confessions that you can't put your name to. I love one of those 10 second confessions. So why not just slide into the DMs or if you're brave enough, you know, call up and leave us a really short message that says, This is my 10 second confession. And um, we need your calls. So don't be a stranger it's always lovely to have you around here with me and don't worry i'll look after you and um, thank you to producer tim for steering the ship this week i'll be back with the 82 crew before you know it but before then remember you don't owe anybody anything see you later ATT This Week is produced by Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Capriel, executive producer Debbie Colbride. After the Tone is a Debbie production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.